Welcome to the Faith Talk podcast. We're excited you are listening today. Prepare to be challenged and inspired through today's episode. We pray that every fear is dispelled and your faith is increased as you hear the word of God. Now, let's listen in with our host, Caleb Schaefer. Justification through faith. You know, the Bible tells us uh, that Abraham, in Genesis 15, 6, Abraham believed the Lord and it was accounted to him as righteousness. Abraham believed the Lord, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. It didn't say that he went out and he, he served in the church. It didn't say that he went out and he did great exploits. Uh, it just says that he believed the Lord, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. Now think about that. David sinned. David was a good sinner. If David knew anything, he knew how to, he knew how to mess up pretty good. I like David because I look at myself in the mirror sometimes and I think, you know what? God loved David, so he's, he's still got to love me. And uh, David would, would mess up in, in humongous ways. David was the king and he would, he would mess up. And the Bible says uh, that uh, David wrote in Psalm 32, 1, it says he wrote, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is covered. That's justification. And then Habakkuk said, the just or the righteous shall live by faith, Habakkuk 2.4. I want us to turn to Galatians chapter 2 and verse 16 tonight. I'm going to teach you for a little bit tonight, and, and hopefully it, it helps you understand where you stand as it pertains to your walk with the Lord, where you stand when it comes to the Lord. Uh, Galatians 2 and 16. It's towards the back of your Bible. If you don't know your books, it's towards the very end of your Bible. Just start flipping around back there. That's called the epistles. And uh, you'll see Galatians chapter 2 and verse 16. It says this. Yet we know that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ so that we might be justified by faith in Christ rather than by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. You cannot do enough good things to be justified. You cannot do enough good things to cancel out your sin. You cannot do enough good things uh, to make yourself in right standing with the Lord. You can't put in enough service hours in the church. You can't greet at the door for enough years. Uh, you can't usher for enough years. Uh, you, can't, you can't preach for enough years. You can't sing in the choir for enough years uh, to justify yourself. Uh, not only that, but if you went back into the Old Testament and tried to keep the law to the T and you brought the blood of bulls and goats and the blood of turtle doves uh, and the blood of sheep, uh, there is no way that you could justify yourself uh, because of the law. The law was a temporary fix. Uh, the law was a temporary thing to get everyone through to where Jesus would come and be crucified on the cross. And now how you are justified is you put your faith in Jesus Christ. Now how you are justified is you believe on him. By faith, Paul said to the Galatians, we are justified, not by works of the law. So you can't go back to the Old Testament and try to justify yourself with works of the law. So I get a little frustrated sometimes when, when people want to, to uh, hold the law over Christians and say certain things, well, you don't, you, you don't do this or you don't do that. Listen, we are justified by our faith in Jesus Christ. We're not justified by the law. So there's nothing you can do 
to justify yourself. What does justified mean? Justified is kind of a cool word, but it's more than a cool word. Justified in the short means just as if I'd never done it. Just as if I'd never done it. Justified means that you, you are clean. Your record is expunged. It, it means that you have had imputed righteousness on you. The righteousness of Jesus Christ is on you because you were justified by your faith. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, that righteousness that Jesus has, that righteousness that he wears, that holiness that he wears, that is imputed onto you. That is put onto you because your faith is in him. And when you get saved, uh, that lets us know that God does more than just forgive your sins. Uh, Your faith uh, also brings you justification. Forgiveness happens when you get saved. Forgiveness of your sin definitely happens. Thank God for that. But it's more than just getting forgiven. It's about getting that imputed righteousness put on your life. It is a regeneration. You have a new life in Christ when you get saved. You have a new life in Christ when you believe on him. And, and, and you have an absolute new beginning. The Bible tells us that when we get saved, what happens? Uh, the old things are passed away, right? You become a new creation. You become a new creature in Christ. Uh, when you believe on him, when you get saved, uh, you get regenerated and you also get justified. And, and the regeneration deals with your new life in Christ, uh, but the justification deals with where you stand before God. Where you stand before God. Justification is the divine answer to guilt. Divine answer to guilt. You ever felt guilty about anything you've done? Ever felt guilty about anything you've been wrapped up in? Sometimes we as Christians can, can feel guilty about things that we've done in our past before we were even saved. We feel bad about things that we did in our past before we were even saved. Or we feel guilty about things that we've done since we believed on the Lord. We feel guilty about some things that we've participated in or some things that we've dealt with. We feel like maybe we shouldn't have fallen that low. We feel like maybe we shouldn't have been wrapped up in that. We were saved. We believed in Jesus. We, we, we had a walk with the Lord and then we fell backwards. And, and we backslid and we got involved in some things and we feel guilty about it because we feel like we should have been above that. We feel like we should have gone further than that. We should have knew better. We knew better what we didn't do better. And, and that guilt tries to come on us. Justification is a legal term. Legally, your sin brings forth death. According to the word of God, the wages of sin is death. Legally, your sin opens the door for Satan to come into your life and wreak havoc. Legally, when you participate in sin, when you go out and you sin a sin, the door opens for Satan to come in and do whatever he wants to. Legally. That's a scary thought. Non-Christians don't even think about it. But we as Christians should think about it. When we go out and sin, when we willfully participate in sin, the door opens for Satan to come in and do whatever he wants to. He has legal access in your life when you sin because you have disobeyed God. You have broken his commandments. You've broken, uh, you've broken the law. That legally opens the door for him to come in, for Satan to come in. And people wonder why they're, why they have so much havoc in their life. They wonder why, why, why the devil just runs rampant in their life. And the first question, we had somebody call the church a few 
weeks ago, and, uh, and they said, I've got this going on, I've got that going on, I can't rest, my mind is just going crazy all the time, I feel like I'm under attack, I'm under oppression all the time, and my first question to them was, what sin are you participating in? Where have you opened the door for the devil to walk into your life? Because when you are willfully participating in sin, you open the door for the devil to walk in and do whatever he wants to do. And people don't want to hear that. People don't want to hear it. I'm covered by grace. Oh, yes, you're covered by grace. Yeah, you, you're covered by grace, but the devil's in your life, and he's messing all kinds of stuff up right now. You're covered by grace. Hey, you might not be going to hell, but you let the devil in, and you let the devil do whatever he wants to do when you're out willfully participating in sin. Habitual sin is one of the biggest things that, that Christians should avoid. You might mess up. You might slip and fall, but get back up and get back out of it because I'm telling you right now, if you are out there in bondage, willfully participating in the, the, the things of the world, you were leaving the door for the devil open in your life. People are like, why do, you, why do you people preach against sin so much? Why do you rail against sin so much? You people just, you, you're going back to the law. No, we're not going back to the law. We're trying to keep the devil out of your life. And you got to shut the door on the devil sometimes. You let the devil in and, and he'll just come in and wreak havoc. You'll be up all night. You can't sleep. You're, I know people that are paranoid because they're participating in sin. They think everybody's out to get them all the time. They think everybody's after them all the time. They, they, they can't sleep at night. They, they're fearful all the time fearful of every little thing, worried about everything. When somebody comes to me like that, who is a believer, I say, what door are you leaving open for the devil in your life? Because when you begin to sin willfully and blatantly, you leave the door open for the devil. He gets legal access, legal access to your life. But when you are justified and when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, when you get things under the blood, when you get those things under the blood, you get justified. Justified has to do with where you stand before God. You should stand before God and you should receive condemnation for everything you've done. You should receive damnation for everything you've ever done. You should receive condemnation for your sin, but when you stand before God as a justified person, God looks at you in the courtroom of heaven and he says, not guilty. Not guilty. I thank God for that. I thank God for that. And when you really look at it that way, when you really look at it all that way, Jesus is your only hope. He is our only hope. He's the, uh, the blood of Jesus is your only hope. And you're either under it or you're not. You better stay under it. You better stay under the blood of Jesus. Justification does a couple things. Justification, number one, delivers you from wrath. God's wrath has to be poured out on sin. And one of these days, his wrath is going to be poured out on sin once and for all. We're about to see a giant outpouring of wrath on sin. You think that all these babies that have been murdered and killed for, for, for all these years, uh, that God's not going to avenge their blood? You think that the, the, the Jews that have been killed for their faith, uh, that God's not going to avenge their blood? You think that 
the innocent people that have been put to death, the children that have been captured and, and raped in this country are not going, God's going to set it all right one of these days. You think that the people who have blasphemed God for years and years in Hollywood, California, and in Washington, D.C. have just gotten away for it, with it for all these years? No, God is going to pour his wrath out on sin one of these days. But when he does, the Bible tells us because you are justified, you are delivered from that wrath. Not only does it deliver you from wrath, but it declares you to be righteous. It declares that you have no sin. It declares that you are clean. It declares that you are whole and that you are righteous. Second Corinthians 5.1 says, he hath made him sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him because Jesus went to the cross and he knew no sin. That means that you have a righteousness that is placed on you. The righteousness that belonged to him is placed on you, a sinner, even though you sinned and even though you messed up, God said, I'm putting my righteousness on you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, there are certain laws in place in our country and certain states have what's called a castle law, right? That castle law means that you have the right to defend your home. No matter who comes in, no matter what they try to do, if they come into your house, you have the right to use whatever force necessary to protect you and your family. And in those cases where the castle law is invoked and the castle law is in, is used, when someone, an intruder comes into your house, if you have to use deadly force, you will go to court and you will stand before a judge and a jury. And that judge and that jury will say, because of this, this law, you are justified in what you did. And when you are justified... They take the evidence from that case that was against you and they destroy it because it can never be used against you again. When you are justified in a, in a court of law, the evidence is destroyed so that they can't come back against you with that evidence. And can I tell you tonight, you are justified in your actions. When you are justified before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the evidence that was against you is destroyed. The evidence of your sin is destroyed. The evidence of your past is destroyed in the kingdom of heaven and God does not look at that stuff anymore because it is absolutely obliterated. It is blotted out. You are justified before God and the evidence of your sin and guilt are destroyed and wiped out. God has a giant delete button. I'm glad of that. Some of you ought to be glad of that too. God has a giant delete button. And when you go before God and you put your faith in him for forgiveness and for justification, he hits that big delete button and that stuff is never brought up or remembered by him again. That stuff is never brought to the forefront again. The Bible says in Hebrews ten seventeen, their sins and iniquities I will remember no more. Psalm 103, 12 says that he has separated our sin from us as far as the east is from the west. Justification means a few things. Justification means you are pardoned for your sin. You've gotten pardon from your sin. 
What does it mean when we pardon someone in the, in the government of the United States of America? If there's somebody that's committed a crime and the government looks at them and says, uh, we're going to cut them a break. Uh, they might not even deserve it, but we're going to cut them a break. Uh, the government of the United States, a governor or a president can pardon that person. And that means uh, that they're set free and no longer held accountable for their mess ups, uh, for their sins, for their crimes. Uh, and God looks at us and he pardons us. Just like we pardon a criminal. He says, you're set free. I'm not holding that against you anymore. You're no longer imprisoned for your mistakes, for your sins. He says, I set you free. Not only does justification pardon us from our sins, part justification is a restoration of God's favor and blessing in your life. Where you sinned and you messed up, the favor of God should have been removed from your life. When you sinned and you messed up, God's favor and blessing should have been taken away according to Deuteronomy. He said, if you do these things, I will bless you. But if you don't do these things, I will curse you. And when you get under the curse, the Bible tells us that all sorts of terrible things happen and all sorts of bad things will happen to the person who's under the curse. But when we are justified, that curse is removed and the blessing of God is put back on our lives. Thank God for the blessing that God puts back on our lives through justification. Not only that, uh, we are pardoned from sin. We have a restoration of God's favor and blessing, but imputation of Christ's righteousness. You can't find another righteous person like Christ. You can't find another righteous person. The Bible tells us uh, he was faultless. Uh, he was blameless. Uh, he had nothing against him. He had no sin. And that's the righteousness that God places on your life uh, when you're justified. Justification happens through faith and faith alone, according to the verse we just read. Through faith and faith alone. Justification does not happen by reformation. You can't, you can't rethink stuff enough to get justified. You can't. you can't. You can't read enough scripture to get justified. You can't sing enough songs to get justified. You have to use your faith. Justification does not happen by becoming religious. Religious people are so militant that they forget about the relationship that they have with Jesus Christ. Religious, you can, you, can, you can get up and pray at certain times every day and have no relationship with Jesus Christ. That's a scary thought. Muslims do it, though. They pray five times a day. On the hour, everything stops. They pray. And then they go back to what they were doing. Do they have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Nope. Nope. You can't be religious enough. You can't say enough Hail Marys to have a relationship with Jesus Christ and be justified. You can't count enough beads. You can't do enough things to have justification. It can only come through faith. Justification does not happen through a change of heart or change of mind. Justification does not come through good deeds. It can only come through faith and faith alone. So you've got to put your faith in God for justification, for that cleansing that your record is expunged. 
Romans chapter 5 and starting at verse 9 says something very interesting. How much more then, being now justified by his blood, shall we be saved from wrath through him? For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, how much more being reconciled shall we be saved by his life? Furthermore, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Do you see what it says about being saved? It says, shall be saved. A lot of people think that we're saved and we're just saved once. You get saved and you're saved. But the Bible, more often than not, when it talks about salvation, talks about a continual present tense. It is a continual present tense. You, you did not get saved. You are currently being saved. You, you prayed a prayer and that opened the door. You bowed your knee at an altar and that opened the door. But now you are continually being saved. It is a continual present tense. And that tells me that it's not a one-time prayer. It's not a one-time commitment. It strikes down the once saved, always saved argument because you are continually being saved. You are continually continually being renewed. You are continually being justified. You are continually growing and you are continually meeting the Lord over and over time and time again. That's why it's so important to come to church. That's why it's so important to read your Bible every day. That's why it's so important to pray every day because it's a continual thing. It's not a one and done thing. It's a continual salvation. You went to the altar once, you're good to go. No, that's not how it works. You've got to continually be at the altar. You've got to continually surrender your life. You've got to continually go before the Lord because you are continually being saved. It's a continual walk. It's a continual partnership. It's a continual thing. I get so frustrated with people who think that they should just be able to go to the altar once and everything's cleared up, everything's taken care of, they, they feel like they don't have to ever go back to the altar, I'm good to go. No. This is something you've got to work on every single day. You have a continual walk with the Lord. And if it's not continual, then it's stopped. You're either going forward or you're going backward in the faith. And if you think you stopped, you're going backward. There is no stagnation in the faith. You're either going forward or you're going backward. And so if you feel stagnant, that means you're going backward. So you got to get into gear and go forward. This is a continual thing. The Bible tells us in Romans 5, 8, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God made a way for you to be justified before you ever sinned, before you ever messed up. God created a way for you to have a propitiation for your sin. Before you were ever around, the Bible says he's the lamb, of the, uh, the lamb of God slain before the foundations of the earth. So God had a plan. God had a plan in place for Jesus to be the justification that we need. So it's a continual thing. We're continually being justified before the Lord, continually having that righteousness imputed to us. 
So let me ask you a question. If we are justified, and if our records are expunged before the Lord, if you have no criminal record, let's say, before the Lord, as far as your sin goes, what's this stuff that keeps coming back up? And who keeps bringing it back up? Who keeps bringing up your past in your mind? Who keeps accusing you of of things that you've already put under the blood? Who keeps bringing it back up? Because there's somebody who keeps bringing it back up. My Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. My Bible says uh, that he will bring things uh, back up. He likes to accuse. If there is therefore now no condemnation to those uh, who are in Christ Jesus, what is this feeling of condemnation that keeps coming back up? And who keeps bringing it back up? Why do we keep feeling like like uh, certain things just keep coming. Remember when you remember when you went down to that place and remember when you with that person and remember when you did this and remember when you did that. Remember how you turned your back on the Lord and walked away. Remember how there's no possible way that God could ever love you. There's no possible way that God could ever forgive you. There's no possible way that God could ever. But I'm here tonight to tell you that if you are justified, your record is clear. There is no criminal record in heaven for the things that you have done because God wiped it clean because the righteousness of Christ was imputed to you. It was placed on you. Let me tell you something. There is a justifier, but there is also an accuser of the brethren. And if your past keeps coming up to haunt you, if the devil keeps bringing up your past to haunt you and remind you of things that you used to do, remind you of who you used to be, you need to remind him you are justified you are under the blood let me tell you something the devil likes to try to bring things back up and the devil tries to like to to likes to try to say things are going to happen he likes to threaten things but can I tell you tonight all the devil can do is make a threat all the devil can do is threaten you with certain things he can't ever make anything happen he just likes to threaten and if the devil has been telling you this is going to happen and that's going to happen oh just wait till they find out. Just wait till they find out what you used to do. Just wait till they find out what you did. No one's ever going to believe you. No one's ever going to listen to you. They're going to look at you and call you a phony. Just remember what you used to do. The devil likes to say that kind of stuff. But here tonight, I came to tell somebody you have been justified before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And not only did God remove the, the sin, he removed the penalty of your sin. He removed what should have happened when you sinned. He removed where you should have been. You should have ended up in the hospital with HIV AIDS. You should have ended up in the gutter somewhere dead. You should have died in that car accident because you were driving drunk. You shouldn't even be with the spouse you're with because you ran around on somebody. Let me tell you something. God can remove the sin and remove the penalty of that sin. And the devil's the one that likes to try to bring it back up. The devil's the one that likes to make you live in fear so that you will not go forward, so that you will not be everything that God has called you to be. But I'm here tonight to tell you, you have been justified before God and God does not remember any of that mess that you used to be involved in. God is not holding that against you. When you have been justified, you are free from the sin and free from the penalty of it. Free from it. 
If it's under the blood, I want to tell you tonight, everything the blood touches gets redeemed. Everything the blood touches gets redeemed. There is absolutely nothing that the blood touches that does not get redeemed. Your life has been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Colossians 3.3 says, For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. You are hidden tonight. The Bible says God will hide you. He will cover you. He will protect you. There are certain things that you did that should have been known by everybody and if everybody knew it uh, there's no way they'd ever listen to you again but I'm here tonight to tell you you've been justified and that record has been wiped clean uh, your past uh, is gone tonight uh, your past uh, is over tonight uh, and all the devil wants to do by bringing up your past uh, is to hold you back from going forward because there's somebody that needs to hear about Jesus Christ Somebody needs to hear that Jesus is Lord. But if your past keeps coming up, you're going to be afraid to go out and tell them about it. You're going to be afraid to go out and tell somebody about Jesus because you're, you're afraid your past is going to come out. The devil likes to try to hold you back, try to hold you in your past uh, so that you will not go forward and tell anybody about Jesus. And I believe tonight he's been using this tactic a lot more on Christians than ever before. The devil has been trying to hold Christians back because he knows his time is short. He knows his time is very, very short. He knows he doesn't have a long time and he's got to try to steal as many souls as he possibly can. So he's trying to hold Christians back tonight. He's trying to hold Christians back. He's trying to hold you back from being an influence to your friends and your family. He's trying to hold you back from, from telling somebody that Jesus loves them. He's trying to hold you back, make you feel unqualified, make you feel like you're not good enough, make you feel like there's no possible way that you could tell somebody about Jesus, make you feel like your, your past is too sordid and you're, you've been too dirty to be used by God, but I'm here tonight to tell you that God will use you. You have been justified before. For him, there is absolutely nothing that is being held against you in the courts of heaven, and you have been set free. The Bible tells us that he has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. And God wants to use you to influence the people all around you. He does. You're a minister of the gospel. Me? Yeah, you. You right there where you're at. You, right there, where you are, you are a minister of the gospel. I don't have a microphone. I don't have a pulpit. I don't have a platform. This ain't what it's about up here. This is not what it's about. This is not it. If, if this is all ministry is, we've missed it. I'm a nurse at the hospital. Yeah, you're a minister right there where you're at. Somebody needs Jesus right there. I work at a restaurant. Yeah, you're a minister right there where you're at. Somebody needs Jesus right where you are. I'm retired. I don't, I don't have a job. Who are you connected with that you can minister to and let somebody know about Jesus? You have a job to do in this kingdom. And the devil wants to try to hold you back. He wants to keep you from sharing Jesus with somebody. So he'll make you feel like you have 
you, you don't have any credentials, you don't have any Bible training, you don't have anything going for you. Let me tell you, if you got a testimony, if God has brought you through something, or if you're freshly saved and all you know is I know that Jesus saved me and I feel different than I did before, if that's all you got, God can use that. Uh, all you gotta do is start telling somebody about what God has done for you and the door will open for them to hear about Jesus Christ. Uh, God wants to use you, but we gotta stop letting the devil hold us back uh, and hold our past against us and hold things against us. Uh, the, the, the only reason... The only reason the enemy attacks you is because he does not want you to go tell somebody else about Jesus. He does not want you to fulfill what God has for you to fulfill. He does not want you to fulfill the calling on your life. And every single person in this room is called to do something. Every single person watching online is called to do something. You might not be called to platform ministry, but you're called to minister to somebody. You're called to minister to your friends. You're called to minister to your family. You're called to, you're called to do something. You're called to start a business. You're called to write a book. You're called to do something for the kingdom of God. You're called to reach somebody somewhere every single person has a calling on their life and the devil wants to hold you back from that calling. The only reason you are under attack is to try to keep you from fulfilling that calling that's on your life. And if you can remember that and you can get that in your head, the only reason you're under attack is because the devil does not want you to fulfill the calling. But can I tell you the reason that you're going to make it through this attack is because you're called. Because there's a purpose for you to fulfill. So whatever the attack is, remember those two things. I'm being attacked because I'm called to do something, but the reason I'm going to make it through this attack is because I'm called to do something, because I'm called to tell somebody about Jesus. You've been justified tonight. <laughs> You've been justified. If you would go and stand before God tonight and he were to open the record books, and look for where you sinned, don't see anything. I don't see anything. I don't see anything. I don't see anything. You are justified tonight. He has cleared the record. And so we need to start living like that. We need to start living like that. Start living like you're free. And stop letting the devil hold you back based on your past, what you've been through, what somebody else did to you. Stop letting the devil hold you back. Some people get stuck on something somebody said to them 20, 30 years ago, and they just can't get over it. They just can't get past it. Best thing you can do, acknowledge the hurt. Yes, it hurt, but go forward. Don't let things hold you back. We have been held back in the church for far too long. And that's what this message is about, the things that hold us back, the things that hold us back, the things that try to keep us back. You've been justified. Don't let anything hold you back. The church has been held back. We've been held back in all areas. 
We've been held back in the areas of politics because for a long time we heard that the that church people shouldn't be involved in politics. I believe God wants us involved in politics. I believe he wants Christian men and women in governmental offices. I believe he wants Christian governors and Christian senators and, and Christian representatives. I believe he wants Christian presidents and, and Christian leaders. I believe he wants statesmen in the, in the community. I believe he wants Christian leaders to stand up in the community and take governmental positions or, or just take positions of influence on school boards, on school boards and in, in town councils. And he wants Christians who will stand up and say, no, we're not going to stand for this mess. Because if we're going to see a change and we're going to see a turnaround in this nation, it's number one going to take prayer. Absolutely. We got to fast and pray because some things only come out by prayer and fasting. But we're also going to have to take a step and, and take a stand and step out in faith. And if you're held back by things that the devil's trying to bring up against you, if you're held back by things that, that are in your past or things that you think you can't do, listen, we give God the whole litany of, of reasons why he shouldn't be able to use us. We really do. God, I did this, I did that. Or you try to be like Moses and say, God, I stutter too bad. I, you know, we give God all sorts of reasons why he shouldn't be able to use us. But God wants to use you right where you are. Right where you are. You don't need a microphone. You don't need a platform. You don't need a podcast. You don't need any sort of big setup to be used by God. God wants to use you at the gas station at the supermarket. He wants to use you at your job, at your school. He wants to use you at your family dinner. He wants to use you in your circle of friends when you go out to a restaurant on a Friday night. And he wants to use you wherever you are. So let's put our past behind us. Remember, we have been justified. And let's Look for opportunity. This thing's winding down. <laughs> it's winding down. Like if you look at the news right now and you look at everything that's going on, I, I know they've, they've, they've shut everything, all the news uh, sources down on Afghanistan and how many people we still have left over there. I know they're not talking about that. I know they're not talking about how we're, we're under a nuclear threat from Russia right now. I know they're not talking about that. I know they're not talking about all these things that are lining up, how Vladimir Putin wants Jerusalem. He wants Jerusalem. He said it. I said at the beginning, I said he's not going to stop at Ukraine. He wants to go clear down and into Jerusalem. The, the, the apple of God's eye, the center, the geological center of the world, the Jerusalem, that, that little strip of land that, that's Israel that's about the size of New Jersey that everybody in the entire world wants. Why do they want it? It's because it's the city of the great king, and it's the, the home where God decided that he would place his, his presence, and, and everybody wants Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Well, Vladimir Putin wants Jerusalem and why he would have any stake there other than that the battle of Gog and Magog is lining up. I can't figure it out. So this thing's winding down 
And if we really believe that it is, and we really believe that there's a heaven and there's a hell, if we really believe all of it, we've got to get to work. We've got to get to work. We've got to begin to tell some people. We've got to begin to warn people. We've got to begin to wake people up. But if we're held back by what the devil's telling us, we'll never step out. So let's shake that mess off tonight. Shake it off tonight. You're justified. You've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I'd like for you to stand to your feet this this evening in this place. I know that on a Wednesday night in the house of God, probably everybody here is saved and on their way to heaven. Maybe watching online, there's somebody that doesn't know the Lord. I just want to give an opportunity before we close this service down for someone online to pray and receive the Lord Jesus as your Savior. So if that's you and you want to receive the Lord, whether you're watching online or if you're in this place, I want you to pray this prayer after me. Just say, Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I know I'm a sinner, but I believe Jesus is your son, that he died on the cross, and that he rose again. I ask you to wash me in the blood. Forgive me of my sins. Justify me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And help me to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I'd just like to open these altars up for anybody who says, you know what? I've been living under this guilt, under this condemnation, under this past, or or I just feel like I can't step out and be what God wants me to be. I feel like I can't step out. I, I need boldness. I need some sort of fire down on the inside of me to be able to tell somebody about Jesus. If that's you, I just want to open the altar for that. And I also want to open the altar for anybody who wants to come forward and pray for the national day of prayer, pray for this this court ruling for Roe versus Wade to be overturned. I'm just going to open the altar. We're just going to play some music and, and just kind of have an informal dismissal. But I really, really want us to pray for this nation, for Roe versus Wade to be overturned, for the Supreme Court justices, for protection for them, for them to have a backbone to stand against this intimidation tactic that's being used for people to be safe, that no harm will come to anyone, and that God will have his way, that God will have his way. So the altars are open now. I'm just going to pray a prayer over everybody in here, and we'll just kind of linger. Father God, I thank you tonight for your spirit. I thank you tonight, God, that You are in total, ultimate control. You get the final say tonight. God, I thank you for boldness in your people. I thank you for a fire down on the inside of your people. 
God, that they will begin to speak truth, that they will begin to tell people about you, that they will begin to warn people that Jesus is coming soon, that they will begin to warn people that the trumpet's about to sound one of these days, uh, that, that there's going to be a reckoning day, that the wrath of God is about to fall on this earth and judgment against sin is about to fall on this earth uh, like never before. And God, that we will see a harvest of souls uh, before we leave this place. God, I pray for everyone in this place, watching online, listening later, that they will understand and know that their past has been erased, that they are justified by faith. They've been justified, God. I thank you, Lord, for that justification that our records are expunged. God, that everything is clear. Lord, that if we were to go through the record book, we wouldn't see anything. But God, Satan is the accuser of the brethren, and he likes to try to bring those things back up from our past. And right now, I bind that lying devil right now that would try to bring up someone's past. I bind that devil that would try to bring up what they've done and try to give them all sorts of reasons why they shouldn't be able to tell someone somebody about Jesus, why they shouldn't be able to minister to someone. I bind that devil tonight and I bind that spirit of timidity. I bind that spirit of fear. I bind that spirit that would come against the believers who are trying to spread the gospel. And God, I loose the Holy Spirit. I loose boldness. I loose a fearlessness from a justified people who know who they are, who know that they belong to you and who understand that there's absolutely nothing that can stop them from sharing Jesus Christ. Once again, we pray for this nation. God, I thank you that we are going to see Roe versus Wade overturned that Roe versus Wade is going to be overturned on a national level. And God, I pray this is just the start that states will begin to overturn Roe versus Wade. Lord, as this is overturned, I pray that the lies would be silenced and the truth would come out. God, let every abortion doctor be convicted tonight in the name of Jesus. Let every governor who says they're going to they're gonna allow abortion in their state feel conviction tonight in the name of Jesus. Let them feel that conviction that comes from the Holy Ghost. And God, I pray pray that if they have been blinded to the truth, that their eyes would be open to it, that their eyes would be open to the truth, and God, that they would see the truth of abortion, and they would see what it is, and see what happens, and God, they would feel mortified that they have been involved, and that they would hit their knees and turn to you for salvation and forgiveness. God, I pray tonight that it's just the beginning that the national level would change, but then the state level would change too. God, that abortion would end on state level. And God, that not only would abortion end, but the liberal LGBT agenda 
would end from being propagated to our children in schools, that the grooming would stop in the name of Jesus. God, that you would protect the children in the schools, that these liberal teachers and these liberal programs that have been been started in schools would end in the name of Jesus. God, I plead the blood of Jesus over every child that's going to school. And God, I ask that you would protect their innocence as they go. Lord, let them not be indoctrinated with the things of the world. Let them not be indoctrinated and told when they're four and five and six uh, that it's normal for things to happen that, that have been happening in the name of Jesus. God, we need a revival. We need a revival. Convict the lukewarm in the church. Convict the lukewarm in the church. God, if we've been lukewarm and we've allowed things in, if we've started to compromise in the name of Jesus, I pray that we would be convicted and God, that we would hit our knees and turn back to you. God, we need passion for the things of the kingdom. We need passion for the right things. We've been passionate about the wrong things for a long time. We need passion for the right things. God, these are the last days. And when we stand before you, God, the last thing we want to hear is that we could have done more. We could have reached more people. We could have seen more souls saved. The last thing we want to hear is that we missed it. God, the last thing we want to hear is that we were too focused on the wrong things. And God, I pray. I pray, God, that we would realize that. And God, we would get busy, focused on seeing souls saved, seeing lives changed, seeing bodies healed, people brought into the kingdom and delivered. We need it, Lord. We need it, Lord. We love you tonight, King Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Faith Talk podcast. If you would like to connect with the host, you can do so on Facebook at Caleb Schaefer Ministry on Instagram at Caleb underscore Schaefer or by visiting www.calebschaefer.com Be sure to check out Caleb's worship albums on iTunes, Amazon Music and wherever digital music is sold or streamed. If you've been encouraged today, please share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. May God bless you and remember to tune in next week for another episode of the Faith Talk Podcast.